Welcome to another episode of Harvest Series, a podcast following a four-day experience in Kaplankaya on the southwestern Asian coast of Turkey filled with fascinating talks and workshops to harvest knowledge and nurture the planet, an event produced by Athena Advisors and Capital Partners. It's our mission in SLOW, is how nature and culture do not need to exclude them from each other. So how do we bring culture into nature while maintaining nature? Do you have an idea? Yeah. I mean, one thing is if you keep a lot of agricultural land, you know, then it's naturally there. So on our project in Lisbon, we have 120 hectares. We're building 15,000 square meters. This is like 1%. And the houses are embedded in 20 hectares of active farm. I'm Rose, a French journalist based in Barcelona. And this episode is an interview made in Caplancaya with Klaus Sendlinger. Klaus is an entrepreneur in hospitality and seen as a visionary in the tourism industry. He started his career in the 80s by founding an event agency and organizing high-end travel experiences. In 2011, he established a platform for the travel community, Design Hotels, since being sold to Starwood and absorbed by Marriott. Today, he runs SLOW, which he co-founded, an acronym for Sensitive, Local, Organic and Wise. In this episode, Klaus will explain his vision for tourism and hospitality with absolutely zero filters and share his plan in Germany and Lisbon. Klaus, you've been a pioneer in bringing everything from the farm to hospitality, especially when you started La Granja in Ibiza. What made you look in that direction? I had the you know, feeling around, you know, 10 years ago when I was analyzing kind of like what's happening on the farms and on the ag agriturismos, yeah. And I felt that there was a, there was a, because of our food crisis, there was a drawn to more, you know, regenerative agriculture, organic and biodynamic farming. And everybody who I met who had an idea and under, an understanding around that subject were super interesting people and they were like me, not, not necessarily studied anything about farming, but just being passionate about understanding this ecosystem yeah. in the farm. So meeting all of these interesting people, I said, you know what, I think the farm is going to be the golf course of the 21st century. That's where more conscious decisions are going to be taken. There were, it's not just me and my bottom line, which is winning. It's like people who come together and how can we support communities and so on and so forth. Bing, that was it. I wasn't going out to try to look for a farm. But then this, this farm kind of as, as, good, as all good things, I think they, you know, if you, you know, manifest them in a way they come to you. So this farm in Ibiza that, that came to me, I was still in my role as the CEO of Design Hotels. And there was a Dutch man who had an abandoned farm in Ibiza, uh, in a not very common area of the island, Buscastels. And he wanted to, and it was, a, it was an old farm, but he was living there. And he wanted to convert this into an art hotel. And he applied for membership in Design Hotels, which was the group I was, yeah. I, I founded 30 years ago. And I was in Ibiza, I, I looked at it, and it was not open, it was just an idea. I looked at the place and I thought, oh, wow, you know, 
very, very unique building, uh, had three stories old, a couple of hundred years old, which is very uncommon in Ibiza because normally they, they grow sideways, you mm-hmm. know, when yeah. the family gets new additions. Huh? So uh, I thought, you know what, that, that's a very interesting project. And fast forward a year later, uh, I got involved personally. Design Hotels as a company didn't want to get involved. I said, I, it's a passion project. I want to I, I wanna do this. So I moved to Ibiza and I really started to learn everything around the ecosystem on a day-to-day basis. So we first found an, an amazing farmer and he was also called to that. I mean, we, didn't, we didn't have a, a job description out there. It was just a, an, amazing, an amazing guy who is still working with us on our project in, in Portugal at the moment. He was American, studied in the best universities, has had his own farms in California and in the Hudson Valley, was making the flowers for Dean and De Luca, understood everything what I was kind of like envisioning and talking about. And the idea is how could we, everybody who comes to the farm, understand what that farm is, what farming is about. And that was an amazing process over like five years. And I learned if you want to do a really, really good strawberry, you maybe need to charge four, four euros for a strawberry. You know? <laughs> <laughs> and if you want to do it, at the end of the day, we, we, were, we were farming. It was more like an, an edible garden. But it was uh, almost kind of like one and a half hectares, all hand farmed, uh, no chemicals whatsoever. Our uh, most aggressive ingredient we used was apple cider vinegar. Okay. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> for some bucks. <laughs> okay. <laughs> but it was a mix of permaculture and, and organic. And I realized how difficult it is, even for the small organic farmers, you know, to be sustainable. But then taking this model and letting people participate in the experience, I realized I could charge maybe 100, 150 euros a night on top of the classical room rate, you know. And all of a sudden, it makes sense. You know, we did not have to compromise at all in, in running and developing the farm. We had amazing, happy clients. And we had the you know, over-proportionally bottom line in the hospitality business. So I said, you know, hospitality can really be a link and a trigger to get us back into the ground, regenerate soil, produce the healthiest food possible, and everybody wins. If we look at the whole agriturismo sector, I mean, agriturismo was born in the 50s, more or less, it was with the, with the beginning of industrialized agriculture, more and more of the smaller farmers, families, organic producers were suffering. So they got subsidies from the governments and the governments were getting creative, uh, understanding that if they would allow the farmers to open other alleys of revenues, they would maybe have an additional chance of income and not only live of the subsidy. And that was the, the beginning of agriturismo. But since the 50s until now, what has grown much more is obviously tourism. So what, and that's just how we humans are, we find a loophole where there's a loophole. So, you know, nobody really, none of these agriturismos cared about agriculture anymore. All they cared was tourism. So yeah. they're still called agriturismos, but <laughs> nobody 
I mean, there may be vegetable gardens. Maybe there are some places which are more relevant, you know. But I saw that it's a huge opportunity, you know. And the, the same as in the... And it reminded me a lot about the moment in time in my career and in, in society when I started design hotels in the 80s, which was born out of a youth culture of music, different lobby living, you know. It was... It was much more kind of because the first people who did it, they had nightclub backgrounds and stuff. So it was much more about interconnection, not just lodging. And now I see exactly the same thing, how drawn we are to healthy food. If we start to think about food and nutrition in general, and that's the beginning of of, a, of an individual journey into a more mindful life. And if you bring this back into your day-to-day -day life, and I applied that in these five years, I lost weight, I got much fitter, I, I, I had much more energy, you know, I could make, take more conscious decisions. You know, so we were taking it from there and then bringing it seamlessly into, into preventative. I don't know, preventative medicine for, for granted was maybe a bit too early, but that, that's where we are now because we think we can be we can do much more with that if we you know listen to mark what he was talking about two days ago you know what is the biggest challenge uh, since you've decided like mm -hmm. uh, you fell in love with this farm mm -hmm. uh, in ibiza mm -hmm. what have been your uh, biggest challenges well, in ibiza <laughs> the challenges that they're like it's super, you know i mean to go through permitting and so on. Admin is complicated. It, it's a disaster, yeah. you know, and I just, I, I mean, this is a this part of Spain, it's part of your European Union, and what they're, you know, what the inhabitants on, on the farm and the people who are living there in Ibiza and what they need to wait, and, you know, I just, for me, it's, I, I just don't understand. You know, right. sometimes it feels like there is a higher power which does not want that to happen. So, I mean, anybody who says, hey, you know what, there is former agricultural land, I'm ready to take it and regenerate it, should get fast laned in any bureaucratic process anywhere in the world. And people should say, okay, you know what, if you do this, and this is where we're, that's our future. So we want to take agricultural land and we want to convert it into residential land while extending the agriculture. This is the way to grow healthy food, not making shortcuts on chemicals. This healthy food is going to be one of our biggest luxuries. La Granja opened in Ibiza in 2016. It is now officially taking a break. But Slow itself is far from having a break. And Klaus has wonderful projects in Germany and Portugal that he will share in this podcast. In Kaplankaya, Klaus made a speech with the environmentalist and entrepreneur Lily Cole and Burak Oeman, the co-founder of Harvest. Lots of guests interested in real estate or property business attended the speech. Klaus, for me, was the most interesting one because I'm also a developer and I'm developing in Azores and I develop in the south of Portugal. So learning about his experience together with Burak uh, was, was great because I really could relate to a lot of the, the things they do, a lot of the problems that they're facing. Everything that they described about the placemaking for me was really important. Time to ask Klaus, what's his vision for SLOW? Our vision in SLOW is hospitality is hard to scale while maintaining the attention to detail. So in Ibiza, I lived there. I mean, I, I lived 
five minutes away from the farm. So I was like there whenever I was in Ibiza, I was there. And the team was constantly with me, yeah, and everything, the candle wasn't right, the light was not right, the music was too low or whatever. I was all, I kind of, I was always there and it takes a while until people then adapt and understand and if you can keep the people in your team, then it, then the, it jumps and they take it over and then it flows. But in our fast times and in the scarcity of, of, of good people in hospitality, this is not so easy. So when we created that concept for Slow, we said our intention is not to become a new hotel company. Our intention is to, to, to develop destinations which we feel have a, play a certain role in, in, in our nomadic tribe as we are. So at the moment we're, we're developing Berlin, Germany, yeah. and Lisbon, Portugal. Portugal okay. So in both destinations, we're working on farms. And these are farms with, which will have a living component. And these are farms where we grow our own food. But what we also did in Ibiza and what we will do there is it was also a, a communication platform for the other biodynamic and organic producers of the region. So it was not just our only food. Then we have small clubhouses in the, in the city. And in these clubhouses, we make cultural salons. We think what hospitality has been doing more than 100 years ago was it was inspiring society. The people who were responsible for these hotels, they had leading roles in society. Through globalization and fast tourism and mass tourism, they just became into these lodging concepts, you know, and the highest margin is renting a room for a night or two, whatever, but not really doing hospitality. So our intention is to, to break that. So we, we are at the moment looking at five destinations around the world where we want to build kind of like this infrastructure between city and farm. What are the criteria? Starts with a good farm and we need, we need to ideally a big farm so that we can also live there. So it's, let's say, 100 to 200 hectares. In the cities, we are looking at regenerative uh, architectural programs, so existing buildings, conversions. Yeah. And then in every town, we, every town has its own kind of like speciality. Like in Lisbon, we are having a, a, we're building a surf house on one of the top longboard waves, you know. So, so when you come to Lisbon, and, and all these project, projects are currently under development, yes. so in the next 24 to 36 months they will open one after another, then you can literally kind of like roam between the three places. But now here comes another very big difference. We're, we're, we're working on building a school of thought. So we're all of these things which we learn from food, production, nutrition, mobility, personal mobility, immunity, mindfulness. And that goes not only, it's not just a sound meditation. Yeah? It goes down to working back with your hands. It can be art classes, it can be ceramic classes, it can be building a boat, it can be kind of like, you know, oh, things with many people, yeah, like makers stuff. Okay, yeah, interesting. Okay. And this will be almost kind of like, and we will not invent all of this ourselves. It's opposite. We're, we're, there we're trying to apply the same principle what we did with design hotels, where we bring just the best kind of together. It can be in a gadget, like an Aura Ring, it can be an app, 
you know, like seven, which is uh, the, app, the app I'm working out with, you know. Okay. And it can be Chaos Piloten, which is an academy in Aarhus in Denmark, you know, who's de teaching design principles. So we want to, you know, so that so it's it's going to have a strong program, and this program will rotate through all the places. In your places, yeah. okay. So you so can make like a retreat uh, in your. There will be a retreat every yeah. day, in a way. You okay. Know? <laughs> not <laughs> not to not to the complexity of harness, you know, like that you have like five speakers and you know, but there will be always an element of this. A proposition. In, in all in all of the places. Year round and, and and around the world. Okay, so that's a full uh, concept. You think it's a new way of life, and that's what I want to talk with Burak about. People sometimes feel guilty. What's your view about uh, the tourism in general? Yes. Because mm -hmm. of the carbon, you're very interested yeah. in uh, in the carbon. So now people feel a bit guilty to travel. Still, people want to communicate, to see other things, to discover the others. So, what's your view on this? On taking the plane. Uh, should we make like this extra effort to make it worth it when we travel? I mean, it's interesting to look back at now the last 24 months or, you know, like this through this pandemic and how many people say, oh, I'm not going to travel anymore. You know, the minute it was open, like, bam, <laughs> and Tuesday, Monday, thing, bam, bam, I'm like in London yeah. and Istanbul. And what's here, a you know, like, yeah. you know, like, so we're all, the, the, you know, the skies are, not, you know, full of planes again. I think it's going to be hard to take this out of society, but I think, and I'm so happy to be here, you know, I'm, yeah. and I live in Lisbon, it takes a while walking, <laughs> so, <laughs> so, but I think it's, if everybody just becomes more conscious about how to travel and its frequency, you know, I had to, I had to go to Athens and to Milos, but the people would wanted to see me two months ago, and I told them no. I said, you know, I'm I'm coming to Kaplanka, you know, okay. and I'm coming in May, and this should have time until then, you know, okay. because then you're on my way, you know, and I'm, you know, I'm not gonna fly in, fly back, fly here, fly back, you know. So I, you know, I I think we reasonable, if we just do things, if we do little adjustments, you know, and then also, you know, be be consciously there. And not already somewhere else. I think I traveled around the world for all my career. It it also bothered me, you know. But you know, not traveling at all is not an option for me because it it inspires. It's where I meet the people. It's where I I draw my ideas from, you know. So you cannot do this just somewhere super remote. So I think we will we will keep keep. Keep traveling, you know. But I think if it, if every every one of us is just thinking, is this really how I need to do it, or can't I do this in a in a smarter way? Close is a co-founder of Slow, but is actually a fast thinker. He keeps looking for the next trends and new opportunities. I bumped into him in Kaplankaya after his talk and we discussed the scalability of his project. He was happy to share his new idea, which I recorded with my phone. You know, it was interesting to listen to the speaker who was after our call yesterday that he was talking about the trillion, the trillion dollar businesses which Apple is looking for. And one is education. Now... During the last part of the episode, you'll discover, still with no filter, all the good things 
close things about air conditioning, suburbs, and mass tourism. It was my question. It's a place of modern architecture yeah. in your vision mm -hmm. and how, if you regard with the authenticity and uh, all the space, uh, mm -hmm. what's a place of modern I, I architecture? I think in the city everything should be possible in a way. That's just what makes the city the city. Uh, and I think there are many great examples, you know, some not so good, you know, but like I think city, you know, I'm more worried about the countryside and I'm more worried about how many people now want to live in the countryside. And what I really concerns me is that this countryside is just becoming a massive suburbia because that was the space which was the least interesting in the last... It was with the invention of the car, we created suburbia. And with this, the type of people who wanted to live there, it was young families raising kids. It was like just, there was not so, the social life was not really kind of like what was at their peak. So they had their gardens, they had their fences, they said, hey, Mr. De, hello, you know, over the neighborhood kind of like thing, you know, but it, it in a way failed because the suburbia didn't grow like the old villages were growing. The old villages, they had a little square, there was a bar, there was this, you know, like so. So I'm, I, I don't like suburbia. And, and, our, and it's our mission in SLOW, is how nature and culture that doesn't, do not need to exclude them from each other. So how do we bring culture into nature while maintaining nature? Do you have an idea? Yeah. I mean, one thing is if, I mean, if, if you keep a lot of agricultural land, then it's naturally there. So on our project in, in, in Lisbon, we have 120 hectares. We're building 15,000 square meters. This is like 1%. And the houses are embedded in 20 hectares of active farm. Apples, vegetables, fruit trees, medicinal plants. And depending, we're amazing. Our, I mean, Andy, who did La Granja, he came with us. He lives there. So he lives on the farm since two and a half years. And an amazing landscape architectural firm, Topiaris, from, from Lisbon, who have helping us guiding through all of the do's and don'ts. And there are lots of them in Portugal. Our latest battle we're fighting is an orchid, which is called the Naked Man, which is funny. <laughs> <laughs> so when, when, you dig, when you dig into this, then it's, uh, you know, there's so much inspiration from nature, which you, which you then can take, yeah. And the art, so in, in terms of archi architecture, I, I see two tendencies in general for, for nature. One is adapting to older principles of shapes and forms, principles which have been working for centuries, but in, at some point with new, with, with the integration of new techniques, you know. So, I mean, obviously, because in the old days, they couldn't, the window they could make was maybe like this, yeah. It's like, was like... 40 centimeters by 60 centimeters. Now we can make windows which are like 2 meters, 50, 3 meters by 4 meters. Yeah. So and as we want to be outside and we want to bring the outside in, you know, we want to have big windows. But if the window is facing south and their sun is all, the sun is full on, on the window, just one example. The sun is always on the window, you know, then you have a problem in the first place because then you need air condition and so on and so forth. So how can you, so this, these are the discussions which we have with our architects, you know. I don't want that. I don't want the sun at its peak hitting a glass. Yes, okay. So you're considering also aircon, you want the least aircon possible in your, uh, in your places, yeah, in I, hotels. I, I, I hate aircon. I mean, uh, you know, I don't want to have any aircon. 
ideally, you know. So and there are new ways how you can cool how you can cool houses depending on the materials you are using to build them. That you don't need an aircon okay. because we, you know, in La Granja, at the end it, it, we rented the place, so the owner wanted to air wanted to have an aircon when he was there, so he put an aircon in his rooms, you know. We were operating it completely without aircon. We had housekeeping was you know opening the windows when they were uh, when they were making the rooms, and then after they were they were just typical Ibisenken shutters, so the shutters were closed. Yeah, yeah, because you have mosquitoes. we had like we had like inside shutters as well, so okay. they, it was, they were always dark. So the rooms were always dark. There was no direct sun coming in. At turn down service, they were opening the window again. They were closing the window. And just what you do in a house, mm-hmm. you know. Yeah. <laughs> we lived for a couple of hundred years in. Especially in, in Europe, in, but for American tourists, it might be a bit more challenging, I guess. Yes, it is. But you know what? Then there are other hotels where. And this is one. This is one other thing. I mean, if you want to do something and you want to do it extremely well, not everybody will like it, and that's completely fine. And then they should just go somewhere else. But if you listen to any everybody, and that's what most of the people do, you know, most of hotels they listen to everybody. You know, the consultant here, consultant there, and at the end it's all gray. Yeah. Yeah, interesting. Because you know when the and, and especially when it goes into you know public listed companies and Wall Street dominated quarterly reports, blah blah blah. You know then. There's always a lawyer and a, and a finance guy sitting at the table, you know, and then it's hard to innovate because if you have an idea and somebody is saying, yeah, but, you know, this could happen, this could happen, oh, shit, you know, and yeah. then the, and the finance guy says, but you know, where's the reference point? And the consultant comes and says this, you know, and the consultants only consult based on things which already happen. That's why can, they can never consult on innovation. <laughs> so you're very happy to have uh, found your freedom back in a way. Yeah, it's also a battle because you need to, you know, we, it's, you know, we need to finance, we need to go to banker. The banker says, but what you, I mean, this what you're building doesn't exist. I said, yes, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but uh, how do I, you know, what's the secondary use with this? How, how, how do I take this to my decision board? It's not easy. I think that's, the, that's why the world is what the world is. <laughs> Yeah, you know, and especially when it comes to build, building matter, it's so little innovation. What's your vision about tourism, like in let's say 20 years? <laughs> That's a very good question. I, you know, I love that whole. I, I love traveling, and I how I got into this, and I I, I I love the industry. But the more I look at it, it's it's driven by the wrong ideas. I'm I'm concerned. I I think it's it's almost kind of cancer. You know, it just grows on coastlines, bigger, you know, like, you know. Yeah, I, I lived in Mexico, yeah, for, uh, before I moved to Ibiza. And I was there, and I came to Tulum in 1989. And then I was traveling, I was here and there in Tulum, and then I, I, I moved to Tulum in, 20, in 2010, because from all the destinations I visited, was it, I, I name a few, like was Bali, was Seminyak, and Kuta, and Legian and Goa, North and South, Kosamui and Phuket, Ibiza and Mykonos. And in all of these times, always going back to Tulum and nothing has changed. And it was phenomenal. And uh, I thought, why is this? So I found out why. 
Why? And I thought very, very complicated in land and titles. So everybody who was there was uh, taking its own risk. Okay. So there was no, nobody who had a compliance board could have done anything in okay. Yeah. But at one point, and it, it became, you know, in the shortest time ever, one of the most relevant tourism brands in the world through Instagram, through the way we were traveling, through other channels of communications. And, and, then people, and then people surf on the back of that wave. And all of the people from the beginning, they had all good intentions. But then the others come. They don't understand what the initial people really did, so they copy. Then comes the next one who makes a copy of the copy. Then comes the next one who makes a copy of the copy <laughs> of the copy. And in the Instagram world, this spreads like, pew, like cancer all around, everywhere, you know, and all of the places look the same and play the same music, and you know, nobody thinks about it, why, you know, because here this whole thing makes no sense, there, the guy who did it, there, it made totally sense, you know, and then you have the whole idea of development, and this is where the money lays, and these people, they are just building and selling and moving on, building and selling and moving on, building and selling and moving on, it's difficult. You know, so like I'm when people ask me, say, we're good examples. I said, the best examples are areas where there are where the UNESCO has protected the area and there are building codes, you know, and clear building codes, you know, like, and I think that's what we need. I, I really believe the countryside needs codes and it needs to be completely coded in every part of the world. We cannot let that become a space for individual creativity. It's time for the great harvest of the day in Kaplankaya. If something could be done easily, close and make the world a better place, what would it be for you? I guess it could be related to that topic. I think it will be that, you know, I, you know I'm really concerned. So I can, I can only say what we're doing is we try to be best possible role model. We will also not be perfect uh, because we don't know what we don't know, <laughs> you know. Yeah. Uh, but at, at, with all the best intention and really, I mean, the, the sustainability goals of the United Nations, they are, you know, on the front page of all of our projects. And this is where we feed in. And so you say, how do we deal with poverty? How do we deal with education? How do we deal with this? How do we deal with that? So, and if you, the amazing thing I must say, and I get goosebumps, is that if you really live that in a, in a world, in an industry where we're working, where All of my colleagues, they're suffering on, on talent. That's not our problem. Okay. Because you, if you walk the talk, if you really do this, you find the best people. Who go with their heart. Yeah. Who go with their heart, and it's not just a job. I hope you enjoyed this episode And Klaus Sendlinger sharing his vision of tourism, hospitality, and sustainability. If you did, please leave us a good review and follow us on Instagram Harvest Series. Next episode will be with Carole Debanet about kids and education. She was trained as a Montessori educator. Until next time. <laughs>